Good morning. So good to see everyone. I have been gone for like a month. You guys, I don't like missing you. I was sick for two weeks, and then um, last week we had already planned a trip. Um, so I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. It is so good to be together and to see your faces. I miss you guys a lot. Uh, well, I want to tell you a quick story. So a few years ago, I was in a meeting with our executive campus pastor, Jim Plank, and we call this a direct report meeting. It is kind of like an employee evaluation, but really like the pastors, we hold each other accountable. And so when we have these meetings, not only are we talking about our work, but we're also holding each other accountable in our lives. So I knew I had this meeting coming up, and I had asked Jim to be thinking about an area in my life where he thought I could improve. And that would be one of the things that we would talk about. So we're at the meeting, and he tells me that an area in my life where I can improve is having meaningful relationships. And that I don't have great meaningful relationships with the people I work with or people in our church. Ouch. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> but as I got to thinking about it, he's right. I mean, I know and I like and I trust Jim. So I know he wasn't trying to say anything to me out of hurt. Like I had given him permission to speak into my life and he did. And so I had to think about that. Now over the years, being here on a Sunday morning, I am very extroverted. If you don't know me, let me just tell you, I'm very, very extroverted. I love to talk to people. And like it fills my tank the more people I can talk to. And so on gatherings like this on a Sunday morning or any other church event, my goal is to speak with as many of you as possible. But I've learned that in order to do that, I have to have short conversations. And that's kind of to be expected. But I actually created a habit over the years that I didn't realize. I actually was having short conversations even outside of the setting like this, and it hurt my relationships. I didn't have very many meaningful relationships. So he was right. So over the last couple of years, I've actually been very intentional about having meaningful relationships because it's just not something that comes natural to me. Have you ever had that happen to you where someone in your life, someone that you know, like, and trust, points out something about you that's right. All the emotions, right? Any adjective, fill in the blank, and that's what you feel. You're thankful, but you're also, you feel a little like, nah-uh, you know, like, it, it's hard to take that in. So this morning, we are, we are going to be continuing our sermon series where we have been looking at the book of James, and we're going to focus mostly on chapter 3. And James is kind of being like how Jim was, okay? So James is pointing something out to us that we may not realize about ourselves. And in particular, he is talking about the way we talk to others. So before we dive in, I just want to stop and, and pray over the message this morning. God, thank you so much for the reminder that you give us. Thank you for scripture and for relationship with you and God, I ask that you, you just fill this place. And, and Holy Spirit, if you are moving in any direction, like right now, I just say, have your way. We'll stop the message and we'll do, we'll do anything that you are moving towards. Thank you for being our teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. So I don't know if you've read the book of James. I've read it a lot recently, <laughs> preparing for this sermon and our, and our sermon series. But man, it sounds so harsh. 
But when we read it, it's important to know uh, who James is talking to. Actually, when we read any book of the Bible or when we read anything, it's important to know who the author is writing to. And so in this particular case, James is talking to Christians who just don't know what they don't know about themselves. Essentially, they have self-deceived themselves because they've been in this habit, this ritual of doing something over and over again, and they think they're all good, but they don't realize that they're hurting each other with their talk. Basically, they're finding themselves in Jim's office, <laughs> like I did. Let's consider a verse. We're actually going to do a verse out of James chapter 1. I just want you to listen to this. Uh, this is James chapter 1, verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight ring on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. I don't know about you, but I might hang that up on my wall. It'll look real nice above the table. Like, no. Said no one ever, you know. Their religion is worthless. I want you to, to think, though, for a second. He's not saying their salvation is worthless. He's not saying their Christianity is worthless. He's saying the religion that they think they're doing is worthless. Another way of saying it is like, um, you can know every single scripture in the Bible, but if you don't love people, the fact that you know every scripture in the Bible is worthless. Does that make sense? That's kind of what he's saying here. So sometimes we can be like, but, but I go to church, but, but I tithe. But, but I know all the scriptures. But if we don't love God's children, then, then we're missing out on a relationship with Jesus, one that loves God and loves others. And Satan, our enemy, will use this to his advantage. Here's the thing. The more we do or don't do something, the more it becomes like a habit, becomes natural to the point that we just, we don't even realize it. And when it comes to our speech, our speech is so powerful. Our words are so important. And we may be cursing someone when we really should be blessing them, and we don't even realize it. I want to uh, give you a glimpse into the, to the household of the Croziers. I like to say that this has only happened once in my, in my house, but this has happened multiple times. Um, but this is just being real and being transparent with you. So Kevin and I will be sitting usually on our couch in the living room, and, you know, we're doing what everyone's doing. We're scrolling social media. Um, and so I'm scrolling, and uh, this happens. And I stop, and I see that post. You know what post I'm talking about. It's the post that make you hit that comment button. <laughs> and I comment. And here's me. <laughs> Get late. Here's Kevin. <laughs> okay. And I can just feel his look, you know. And so what do I do? You know, delete, 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 delete. But then your pastor is like, I have a scripture verse to back up what I'm saying. And if I put the scripture verse in there, then it's, then it's all good, right? Because it's biblical. You know, the typing gets harder. <laughs> Am I the only one? And I'm like, here's Kevin. <sighs> delete, delete, delete. Here's the thing. In my head, here's what I think. And I don't, I don't know about you, but here's what I think in my head. I think that because of my comment, 
a biblical one using scripture. That the person who made the original post is going to be like, oh, I never thought about it that way. She used the Bible verse. That means it must be true. I was so wrong. I'm going to comment back. You are so right, Jamie. I, I just can't believe I posted that. Like, never, ever, never, ever has that happened, okay? And if it hasn't happened for me, it's probably not ever happened for you. That's just a freebie with price of admission. Uh, those conversations on Facebook, they're, they're just not meant to happen that way. They're meant to happen the way that happened with me and Jim, that happens with me and Kevin, over a relationship, face-to-face -face conversation with someone, not on social media, they're meant to be out of trust, out of love, when you know and like and trust someone. <sighs> I'm so thankful for people like Kevin and like Jim um, in my life, and, and I'm so thankful for uh, people like James who wrote the book. And I'm thankful for Holy Spirit to point out these things because none of these people in my life are trying to condemn me. And James is not trying to condemn us. He's, he's trying to point out something in our lives that we just don't realize. And he's pleading with us to invite wisdom into our lives before we talk. And he's stern because he knows that the devil wants us to stay deceived. You know, I think that Satan actually gets a little extra joy when Christians hurt other people. James wants our freedom, not just for us, but for others too. Okay, so with all of that background today, we are actually going to read the entire chapter of James 3. And I want to be honest with you, as I prepared today's message, I really just wanted to like skip those harsh verses and just pick the ones that like you would frame, you know, and put on your wall or make it the, the background of your phone. And I really felt the Holy Spirit say it is important in this case to read the entire chapter, one for context. But two, also because something is going to nudge in you that is different in you. And something's going to be highlighted to you that is different than, than to you. And this is Holy Spirit nudging us, not to condemn us, but to nudge us and for us to reflect on our own lives. Okay, Holy Spirit, why, why did that verse rub me the wrong way? Is there anything in my life that you want to point out to me? So when we read this chapter... I want you to think about yourself. I don't want you to think about your spouse. I don't want you to think about the person sitting across the room. I don't even want you to think about the person that needs to hear this message. <laughs> I want you to think about you. And I want you to ask God to highlight to you what he wants to reveal. So we're going to read chapter 3. I actually chose to read this out of the easy-to-read version this morning. And so I invite you to just listen. <clears throat> My brothers and sisters, not many of you should be teachers. I say this because, as you know, we who teach will be judged more strictly than others. We all make many mistakes. A person who never says anything wrong would be perfect. Someone like that would be able to control their whole body, too. We put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. With these bits, we can control their whole body. It is the same with ships. A ship is very big, and it is pushed by strong winds. But a very small rudder controls that big ship. And the one who controls the rudder 
decides where the ship will go. It goes where he wants it to go. It is the same with our tongue. It is a small part of the body, but it can boast about doing great things. A big forest fire can be started with only a little flame. The tongue is like a fire. It is a world of evil among the bodies, among the parts of our body. It spreads its evil through our whole body, and it starts a fire that influences all of life. It gets this fire from hell. Humans have control over every kind of wild animal, bird, reptile, and fish. And they have controlled all these things. But no one can control the tongue. It is wild and evil, full of deadly poison. We use our tongues to praise our Lord and Father. But then we curse people who are created in God's likeness. These praises and curses come from the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, this should not happen. Do good water and bad water flow from the same spring? Of course not. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree make olives or can a grapevine make figs? No. And a well full of salty water cannot give good water. Are there any among you who are really wise and understanding, then you should show your wisdom by living right. You should do what is good with humility. A wise person does not boast. If you are selfish and have bitter jealousy in your hearts, you have no reason to boast. Your boasting is a lie that hides the truth. That kind of wisdom does not come from God. That wisdom comes from the world. It is not spiritual. It is from the devil. Where there is jealousy and selfishness, there will be confusion and every kind of evil. But the wisdom that comes from God is like this. It is first pure. It is also peaceful, gentle, easy to please. This wisdom is always ready to help people who have trouble and to do good for others. This wisdom is always fair and honest. People who work for peace in a peaceful way get the blessings that come from right living. Where did you feel a poke? Where did you feel a little nudge from Holy Spirit? Remember that, that whatever you felt, it's not to condemn you. It can feel harsh, but James gives us a very practical way of checking the way we speak to others. He says we need to have wisdom. We need to invite wisdom into our life every day before we speak. And when we have wisdom in our lives, then in every area of our life, including the way we speak to others, will be pure, peaceful, gentle, easy to please. Our words will be ready to help anyone in trouble to do good. Our words would be fair and honest because that's what wisdom from God brings into our life. So this morning, I want to practice this a little bit because this is a safe place. It's a safe place to practice this. And I want to share some words of encouragement. I want to speak uh, life to you guys, and I want you guys to speak life to each other. But what I want to encourage you with is, while we're practicing here, we need to take this out 
and we need to, to talk and to speak Jesus over the person who, the waitress, uh, who didn't refill our drinks, you know. Um, when we go to the store and the bread's not there because we had a winter storm and I don't want to have bread. Instead of grumbling, we want to bless the people that we come into contact with, the people that you work with. And so I'm going to give you a few examples and, and then we're going to take time and we're going to do this together. Okay, so. Okay, I'm going to go with the two in the very back row, right here, right in front of these, these doors. I, I know who you are because I've seen you, but I don't know that we've ever had, like, long conversations. So I don't know you all that well. So this is, this is how we do it. We don't even have to know someone. But just seeing you here today, I felt like, especially to the gentlemen, I felt like, um, well, God is going to use both of you. He's going to use both of you to share the gospel. But to the gentlemen, like, just looking at you, I, I feel like you're going to reach people that, that a lot of people can't reach. Like, I don't know if you're a biker dude or not, but you look like one. And I just think, that, like, you're going to reach people like that. I actually see you even reaching gang members. Not that you look like a gang member, but you look like someone to, like, respect, okay? Like, you look like someone to respect. And I think that you can use that, and God wants to use that in and through you to reach men, to reach men who need to, who need to know how to be a father, who need to know how to be a son, who need to know how to be a brother, that God's going to use you to reach men. So thank you for being here today, and thank you for your yes to Jesus. Okay, um, Okay, I'm going to go with this group in the back over here. Um, I know Lainey and Jonathan Mass, but I don't know if I know the, the other couple. But I'm going to go with all four of you, okay? And um, I'm assuming that you're friends because you're, you're sitting together. But I just want to say friendship is such an amazing thing. And God didn't, God didn't put us on here to do life on our own. He gave us community for a reason. And, you know, like I struggle to have friendships because it's something that I'm working with, meaningful relationships. But I feel like God has blessed you four with, with the ability of having meaningful relationships. And the friendships that you guys have together, I think God wants to use you as an example of what it's like to have friends that can love God and love each other. And you can hold each other accountable in life. And so I just want to speak that over you, that you hold each other accountable in life and that you're able to speak to each other when you have questions and point things out. And that you do that, you'll actually model that for other people that are friends with you. Like this is how we do life. We're real with each other. We're honest, but we're loving. And so I just want to bless that over you and say thank you for being friends and for being here and being an inspiration to us. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. Every one of you is just going to pick someone. It can be someone you know, okay? It can be someone sitting next to you. If you want to venture out there a little bit, pick someone that you don't know very well. Um, you can get up if you want. And I just want you to say something encouraging to them. It can be really short. Just something encouraging. So we're going to take about a minute, and we're going to speak encouragement over each other. And go.
Okay, we can start to wrap this up. You can continue in the cafe after church. I love what I am seeing. I am seeing hugs, smiles. I saw some of you wipe tears away. Laughter. I saw couples and, and spouses looking each other in the eyes and sharing encouragement over each other. You guys, this is how we should sound all the time to everyone, especially those who don't deserve it. Can you imagine what our world would be like if we actually sounded like this all the time? There are more than 2 billion Christians on the earth right now. So if people alive, about, about one-third would say they are Christians. If every single one of us sounded like this all the time, there would absolutely be a fire. James talked about a fire. There would be a fire. But it would be a fire of righteousness, an explosion of people feeling the love of Jesus on a regular basis. Can you imagine, if we did this all the time, how many marriages would be restored? How many families would be brought back together? How many friendships would be mended? How many people suffering from addiction, anxiety, depression would be set free because they are met face-to-face -face with people who speak Jesus over their lives on a regular basis? This is how we should sound all the time. Our words should be pure, peaceful, gentle, easy to please, always ready to help someone in need. We should be doing good for others. Our words should be fair and honest. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this reminder. Thank you for, Holy Spirit, thank you for always pointing things out in love, God. Thank you for those that you bring around us for community. We were never meant to do it alone. And God, thank you for the brothers and sisters in Christ who can come together and counsel each other, who can point out blind spots. Thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for those who went before us and sacrificed so that we could have multiple copies of the Bible. Thank you so much for the scriptures. God, I ask that you bless our reading. I ask that you would put a fire in each one of our hearts that we would want to read the Bible, that we would want to invite wisdom into our reading, and God, that you would point out in our lives, where are the areas? that we just don't know that we don't know. Where are those areas, God? Point them out to us and thank you for the freedom. Thank you for the freedom that you give us because you, you died. You shed your blood on the cross for us, as us. And because of that, we have freedom. You rose and we rose with you as righteous sons and daughters. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.